0: I'm Tyreek. Okay,
1: I'm Stevie. And I'm Jim, and this is Topic Lords, the only place on the internet you can hear topics discussed. Tyreek, would you like to introduce yourself, or do you have anything to plug?
0: Yes. I um, Tyreek. I make games. Uh, one of them is Catacomb Kids. You can buy it on Steam and Etch.io. I also made an album or something like it, uh, and you can find that at errorwithanf.com, which just redirects to my band camp. It is difficult to pronounce. Also, I've been playing Tunic a lot lately. I want to plug that because that's a really fun game yeah and it just came tell out tell me about tunic oh gosh i've been looking forward to it for a while and yeah now, it's been in
1: development forever
0: yeah now it's out and i'm playing it and i'm like oh boy this is really living up to all my expectations that's um,
1: fantastic looks really good yeah i remember thinking of it as a zelda like is that the case
0: it is a zelda like i would describe it as a zelda like yes
2: but which zelda
0: it's a good question i I
2: got a link to the past vibe from it. Just kind of the scale of the character, the classic green tunic.
0: I could see that. Yeah, I I would say like it it has I think it has kind of like of the Zeldas, it's not as uh guidance less as the original, mm-hmm. but it's but it's also like not nearly as linear as the as the later ones and uh so I would probably put it in the in the uh in the Link to the Past camp. Cool. I I love it because your knowledge of the game essentially is through these pages of of like an quote unquote external game manual that you find through playing the game, and you're like slowly collecting these pages and putting together the manual, which has like things in it. Uh, so like for example, there was there was a like an item that I had that I didn't know what to do with or how it worked, and uh, until I found like this page of the manual that you can open up at any time in the game. And it's like, you know, the art is very charming and all like old school. Like it, like, it has like, you know, the sort of print look to it.
1: That is that is very odd. That's interesting. That's cool.
0: Yeah. And and I found the, pa- like, the page that was just like one of the instruction pages on how to play the game. The
1: FCC warning.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it described how to use this item that I had had since like very early on in the game. And I was like, oh, that's what I do with it. And also, like, another interesting thing about the game is that a lot of, like, it's not entirely in a fake language, but a lot of the game is in a fake language. And, like, there's just, like, kind of, like, English words interspersed throughout here and there just to, like, make sure that, I I, I would assume just to make sure that people don't, like, overlook extremely obvious things. There will be, like, the word attack followed surrounded by a bunch of like like non-english uh sort of glyphs and that sort of thing and i'm sure the glyphs are probably translatable but i haven't gone through that process yet
2: that matches up with the like uh hylian text from ocarina of time and stuff like that which they were they're just a alternative character for for kind yeah. of kind of, you know that's neat yeah. yeah yeah
0: i don't know i've just been really enjoying it and it also has put me in the mind of way back when i was a kid i wasn't around for the NES and I was like, we were too broke to have an SNES when I was a kid. Uh, So most of my experience with those consoles was through emulation. And I just played a lot of emulated games that didn't have translations for them. And so I didn't understand any of the story. They were just fun. And so this is kind of like putting me back in that same mindset of like playing through this game and like having to try and like decipher what the gameplay meaning of things is like, okay, like what, text here is important for me to actually be able to finish the game versus like story stuff that i can understand right there's like a few small issues that, that 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 are slightly mildly irritating but like on the on the whole the game is extremely extremely what i hoped it would be very
1: cool
2: yeah i've had good success with your recommendations in the past so i will probably check that out next time i'm in the mood to play something Awesome.
1: And Stevie, would you like to introduce yourself,
2: or do you have anything to plug? I have a curveball to throw at you. Uh, I just thought of something to plug. Cool. And that's Hype O'Clock. Oh. Yeah, Hype O'Clock is a monthly, in-person, casual, cozy game development meetup that now happens in a place which is not as exciting as where it used to be, but it's in my house. So if you live in the Bay Area and you're interested in hanging out and working on some fun projects for a little while, Inquire Within. Yeah. Three of us should be there if it all goes well. Yes. Yeah. Uh, inquire Within what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that, that, that page intentionally left blank. Just Inquire Within. Uh, <laughs> I guess. So it takes place in my house. I don't know. I don't really want to broadcast my address. But uh, yeah. I, I guess if you can get in touch with one of us. <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I mean, I guess if you live in the area, you probably know one of us already. and if yeah. I mean, if not, you could just DM one of us on – you could join the Topic Lords Discord.
0: Ping me yeah. on, the, on the Topic Lords Discord or uh, – I haven't plugged my, my, my Twitch handle yet, but that'll be at the end of the show and you can message me there too.
1: So if I'm looking at the calendar right, the day this episode comes out will be the day after Hype O'Clock. <laughs> two days after Hype O'Clock in, in, in April.
2: Oh, great! Well, uh, yeah, and there's also one that's in two days from now, so it's it's perfect timing, essentially, is what you're saying.
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> it gives you over a month to, uh, or no, a little less than a month to figure out where it is for the next month for May
0: <laughs> to to discover you, where within is. Yes, yeah. you gotta you gotta play this ARG,
2: find all the Easter eggs in this episode in order to unravel the mystery. Of who to even talk to in order to find out where this thing is that you don't even know if you want to go to or not, but that's half the fun, if not all of the fun,
1: yeah, it's no longer at Stevie's warehouse, so if you just google it, you'll probably find links to that, not yeah. that's that's obsolete now. the people who no
2: longer at Stevie's warehouse now it's at Stevie's house. and also it's no
1: longer Stevie's warehouse, <laughs> like if you knock on that door, people will be like, "Who the hell are you?"
2: Or maybe nobody will answer the door. I don't even know if it's, uh, it's, it might be completely vacant at this point. Wow. Well, end of an era.
1: What happened to the skull? Uh,
2: I don't know what happened to all of the art, but, uh, yeah, I, I didn't realize I hadn't told you yet, but, uh, yeah, it, it was vacated, uh, less than a year after I moved out, uh, or, or, you know, uh, ceased, ceased being on the lease and using it. Yeah. For hyperclock meetups. Um, uh, that was October of last year is when it when it emptied out. It's enough time to, you know, get a new new occupants for sure, but who knows, you know. Yeah. Uh as for all the skulls and like cardboard art and stuff like that, there's a lot of it. Um the previous tenants, uh, some of the previous tenants moved out of town and stuff and so maybe people have taken the, the art home. I'm not sure. I definitely had some belongings there to to get back, but not to get too into the details. Did you end up with that enormous whale bone? No, um, because it smelled like that. <laughs> like a whale bone. <laughs> it smelled like what you would think it is. You would think that after it's been cleaned and like, I don't know what you do, like salt or something. Maybe you just stick it in a pile of dry rice for a while like you do with a wet phone. I don't know. <laughs> it still smelled like fucking dead
0: ass. It was really strong.
1: Yeah. I wonder if bones rot from the inside.
0: Yeah. They are like full of full of that juicy marrow stuff. Right. I don't know whether yeah. marrow is juicy or not, but I assume it I think is. You, I, uh, I think I've
1: read the phrase in a book that you drink the marrow. So
0: oh, okay. I assume it's kind of like slurping an oyster maybe. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. Can't
1: decide which is grosser.
0: Hey, man. I think slurping an oyster is definitely pretty gross. Yeah. <laughs> Tyreek's not a big... Well, you like some seafood, but you hate other seafood. I like fish and that's about it. I'm not big on giant insects that crawl at the bottom of the ocean, feeding on carcasses or Mm -hmm. little slug things uh, that uh, hole up in hard shells.
1: I'm fond of them, but not to eat.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They're neat. They're neat when they're alive and moving and colorful uh, and stuff. Like I love me a good mantis shrimp, but I wouldn't eat one.
2: Yeah. You wouldn't want to get into a fight with one. Right. I think hermit crabs are the most charming of all the sea creatures.
0: Hermit crabs are pretty adorable. Maybe not all, but among
2: all the crabs.
1: Really. <laughs> are we ready to start on some topics? Yeah, yeah. we got a bunch bunch of them. I feel, feel them. like We're... we've
0: we've done like two already. <laughs> Our cup runneth over.
1: it's cracking. <laughs> uh Tariq, your topic is watching Taz videos and wondering how much of what is happening is necessary versus flourish. Yeah. L- when I talked about <laughs> a Taz topic, I had to define I felt the need to define what a ta- what Taz was, what speed running yeah. was. What video games were? What computers were? What entertainment is? Um, but why don't you just tell people what
0: what it means to be human? Right. Well, so I'm assuming that if you've if you've had to describe that before on a previous episode, and everybody listens to every single episode, right? Yes, definitely. And assuming you have no new listeners, since right? Then. <laughs> Which is not true.
1: <laughs> Download numbers are up. Well, let's assume we they just need the refresher course. What's a Taz first?
0: Taz is short for tool-assisted speedrun, which is a if you're unfamiliar with speedrunning, is when you play games very fast uh, and break them. Basically, for sport, right? For sport, yeah. It's it's I would I would say it's a type of sport. Yeah. Uh, so speedrunners run, speed are are you know sort of the athletes of gamers who who go through games with uh, as much mechanical uh, skill and precision as is feasible and. TAS is tool-assisted speedruns, which permits the use of, I'm actually not 100% sure, like, does it, it just, like, let you save state, it's, like, lets you, like... It, uh, I mean, it uh, varies, like, it,
1: it depends yeah. on the tool.
0: I've seen, like, automating automating uh, actual
2: controller inputs is one way of doing it, right,
1: if it's on a console. Yeah. I, I've seen a lot of um, TAS runs, which are basically just, they use emulators that can uh, save and restore within a recorded run. But also do you slow down to be more precise? But I've also seen – Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah. But I've also seen uh, runs that are literally constructed by hand. Like you go in and you type in like then you hold left on the D-pad for six frames. Like you're not literally typing in English, but you're like you're filling out a spreadsheet almost of like mm-hmm. here's the the sequence of, of inputs to make.
0: Yeah. So yeah, so that's 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 tool assisted speed runs is doing speed runs but uh w- with the like permissibility of things that would normally be considered like cheating. Right. It's recognized as its own kind of entertaining form of it. Yeah, it's it's like a separate category.
1: It's also like a research it's research for future possible human mediated speed runs.
0: Yeah, HMS, mm.
1: human
2: media speedruns. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like I think that the part of the it, it, the uh, obviously normal speedruns where a person executes it has, if you're into that kind of thing, uh, which I am, uh, is entertaining to see somebody do a performance and uh, execute something challenging. And my favorite human speedruns are also where like people are good entertainers and good personalities and they can talk about what they're doing and the history behind it as they're doing it. And it can be funny the tool assisted ones which is really just a computer doing something is impressive because of what people have like discovered they can do yeah, ahead of right. time and just seeing it in action can be fun and also ridiculous when the when the game just breaks wildly
0: yeah yeah so so that actually that's that actually kind of leads leads well into this which is as you said with a lot of uh like normal speed runs that are uh not tool assisted they're just humans doing the thing a lot of the entertainment value comes from both personality and also like you know the risk of failure that you know that them trying to do difficult things yeah. and and you know tension. like oh yeah the tension exactly it's like oh are they gonna do it are they gonna make it and that sort of thing um i, I feel like a lot of that is kind of negated through tool assisted speed runs and so what you're left with are these like very obviously inhuman feats of, of video gamery where it's just like things are happening so fast and at such a precise level that, it, that it's, it's just like, it's, it's wild. And so there, there's a, a Twitter uh, account that I follow that just posts like small clips of, of tool assisted speed runs uh, that are, you know, of particular interest or note uh, where people are doing kind of crazy stuff. And like, as I was watching it, I was like, Essentially, but my thought process is like, okay, what is what distinguishes one any any given task from another? I, I assume that like once you've found like the ideal route through a game or whatever, then that's just kind of the way that you would want to go. But of course, that's not the case. People still make tasks of existing, you know, of games that have been run before and that sort of thing. And so, I wonder, like, when I'm watching these things, is like how much of what is happening is like extremely precise frame by frame things that are necessary to like it's like oh if you're a frame off then this 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 thing that you're doing won't work if you're if you're like a pixel a pixel too far over or whatever this this thing that you're trying to do you like you won't clip through the wall right or you know you'll you'll take half a second longer or you know that sort of thing versus how much of it is just like well this doesn't have any bearing on yeah on the outcome and and it's just like something that that uh for flourish and fun to look at right
2: well first of all just on the note of uh on the idea that once you've found an ideal route uh i don't even know if that's something that can be proved for most games i'm not sure Mm. but um i think that nobody definitely nobody Actually knows for most games whether they have found the ideal thing, let alone be able to actually prove it. but it's that's the research thing that Jim was talking about, like developing, experimenting and coming up right. with new things. As for the flare, hundred percent have seen lots of um, speed runs where there is some kind of uh, sequence that's based on a timer. you don't have any control over how fast it goes and basically the script just has the character like the the player character kill time. By doing stupid tricks, that would also be impossible for a person to pull off. Right. Like, you know, doing a whole bunch of crazy, imperfect things uh, just because it looks more funny or entertaining. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I I guess, like, I I totally understand that this is a thing that happens, like, that people do flourish and that sort of thing. But I guess my, my curiosity is more, like, as an observer and not a participant, watching these things... I don't know. It's, 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 it's this really interesting sort of thing where I'm watching and everything that is happening, my brain is trying to calculate whether it is calculated or not. It's like, okay, did they do that because they had to do that? Or did they do that because <laughs> it leads into this next thing, and then like Aww. once once and then like a lot of times it'll be like okay what is happening here, and a lot of times it like won't even be obvious what the outcome is until it happens, you know, where it's like okay they'll like run back and forth fifty times, and then like like run into a wall for ten seconds, and then run 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 away from it, and then like do it do three backflips, and I'm like okay how much yeah. of this is necessary, and then suddenly they launch across this, across the level at like five hundred miles an hour, and <laughs> you know get to the end i'm like okay that's that's wild yeah <laughs> you know and then sometimes and then sometimes it doesn't have that payoff moment where it's like okay they just did a bunch of crazy stuff but there's not that payoff moment so was that doing anything or mm-hmm. was that just them messing around you know
2: that's a funny observation and it makes me think of watching some insanely ma- maximalist kind of video or a, a movie i should say where like things are constantly happening and you don't know if it's significant to the plot or if there's going to be any payoff or not. Right. Tyre, you and I watched was it Speed Racer a little while oh, ago. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> It was kind of the same. You just you, what you just described was the experience that I had watching that. Where I was like uh, trying to just trying to keep up a little and figure out what was actually like uh, you know meaningful details for or, or, or details that that contribute to some sort of larger.
1: Um, piece of information (laughs) yeah yeah have you seen the the speed run of super mario world where like mario watches a fish bounce for five seconds and then the credits roll (laughs) no (laughs) i have not seen this it's a lot like what you describe where you you watch this thing play out and clearly the player is making a bunch of spastic movement (laughs) and seemingly random things are making are happening on the screen. And then the credits roll, because what was actually happening was that they were using a very precise glitch to, to cause the, uh, the the CPU to actually jump to the code that runs the credits.
2: That's right. so great. Yeah. I love any runs, whether they're done by a person or usually the tool assisted speed runs where they end up reprogramming the game. And yeah. it's, you know, five minutes of setup of really boring actions. And then when they walk through a door, suddenly it's Tetris or yeah. Sudoku, Sudoku or something like that. Yeah.
0: That's what I was going to say. As I, I I haven't seen that particular thing that you that you mentioned, Jim, uh but I have seen uh, I don't remember what game it was. It might have been Mario. It might I can't remember exactly, but they did a bunch of crazy motions and stuff and bounced around on and on whatever. And then they started playing Snake. Yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> like the game just became Snake. <laughs> Absolutely insane. <laughs> the game became Snake. Yes, you had you had to be there. <laughs> <laughs> it
2: just turned into a back, giant anaconda. Back back in uh, back in Woodstock, I remember when he walked to that door, and suddenly it was centipede. I don't know. Yeah, how yeah. To describe it. <laughs>
1: yeah, uh, um and that that sort of thing is, is super wild. And and the jump to credits glitch is a very simple version of that. Effectively, where it's just like a three byte program just jump to this address. Yeah. But uh, my point was that you have, we, there's no way to know there's no way as a viewer unless with, without external information to know whether <laughs> any given sequence of inputs is important or not mm. because of that because any any one of them could be like it could be luck manipulation it could be like uh, by hesitating for two frames on this over here a, an enemy that is not scrolling off the screen that causes that, that makes a couple of random number generator calls based to, to figure out what the AI is going to do. And if those two random number generator calls don't happen, the random number generator is not going to be in the right state for the next trick. Man, uh-huh. Yeah, that's yeah.
0: that's something that I hadn't considered, but like like – it's all these things that I'm aware of, but then, like w- when I'm watching it in the moment, it's like, like I'll like w- be watching somebody playing a game, uh, like, and then they'll like get hit, or, uh, specifically uh, a task, uh, to assist be run, and then they'll get like hit by an enemy, and then they just keep running, and I'm wondering, <laughs> after that, constantly, why did they get hit by that enemy? Yeah, did they have to get hit by that enemy or a- one frame damage boost? Yeah, it's like it's like okay, it's like. What was the point of that? Because it has to have had a point, or like, was it just that 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 like getting hit by that enemy just happened to like not be a detriment and and didn't like count negatively against against the the time that they're going for or whatever? But right, yeah, it's like. There's like so many factors, or or like you said, it could be like, oh, they had to get hit by that enemy so that this next number state is in this this specific thing, so that the boss starts on this particular move that makes it in, in like hit killable in one hit, or you know, it's like all that sort of thing. It's like, dang, there's just so much. <laughs> Everything just, I mean, is it's, so it's, much. Yeah, it's
2: it's just like it's just like the human body and the health. It's like you know, some things you definitely know that it caused it caused you harm or caused you good. But most of the time, it's like is. Is uh, coffee uh, cure cancer or cause cancer? Nobody fucking knows. I don't know. <laughs> life life imitates art. So I think that's the end of my topic. <laughs> <laughs> All right,
1: uh, Stevie, your topic is if Jeff Bezos wanted to recreate Jurassic
2: Park. Right. Uh, okay. So this is <laughs> I forgot about this. This is something that I suggested last year at some point, and I totally forgotten about it. I was very confused at first because. I didn't see my name next to this topic, and I was ready to shock you, Jim, (laughs) with the fact that you had chosen a topic which I had had a conversation about exactly several months ago. Yeah. uh, Now I have to try to remember what what even inspired the the conversation to begin with, Um, but Avery and I were texting while I was at work one day, and... All I have here is a screenshot of a conversation with him. Maybe I'll just send that to you guys <laughs> and you can get an idea of what was happening. Are we going to
1: are we going to do a dramatic reading?
2: We we could. Let me oh. let me let me, re- let me really quickly see if it's a, if there's any anything that
0: shouldn't be dramatically read or read at all in here. <laughs> I like that you that you're checking after you've sent it already. <laughs> yeah, well. Oh nice. oh nice. Your 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 social security number. Uh <laughs>
1: <laughs> We'll keep it to ourselves.
0: What if? I mean,
2: you know, the two of you could read it. One of you could play Avery, and the other one could play me. If you wanted to, uh, <laughs> you know, audition for the role. I take your silence as a no.
1: <laughs> I think I should play you, Stevie.
0: <laughs> okay, I can play Avery, I guess. Right. You, you, you seem, you seem hesitant, Tyreek. Well, I'm not sure who is who in this conversation. Yeah, I. No, I, I right.
2: Well, I'm the I'm the blue one, and Avery is the gray one.
0: All right. Okay. You ready?
2: Oh, this is such an invasion of both Avery's privacy and my own, but it's voluntary on my part. So, okay. <laughs> we,
1: shall we not do this then?
2: We should totally do this. We should totally do this. We can, we can, we can shoot for us to ask questions later.
1: Yeah. Uh, you, 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 you have an editor. That's true. Um, at any point, I'm I'm going to trust that you're going to go like get Avery's permission after the fact and let me know if he does not grant it. And then we can cut this section.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Pro- probably I'll remember to do that. Sure. <laughs> Well, if you're going to be at Hype, we'll probably see him. Yeah, probably. Okay, I promise. They know. Now Jeff Bezos is going to think I'm lame.
1: I don't know. (laughs) I could see him as a Stan Bush kind of guy. A true Bushy.
0: Oh, man. Then he's going to DM me and be like, Want to attend a private Stan Bush concert on my golden island?
1: (laughs) Ha ha ha. An island made of <laughs> solid gold. Not just any island. He actually bought Madagascar and paid to have it permanently gilded. Change the name to Basil gascar
0: <laughs> He had all the animals gold-plated. <laughs>
1: Poor bastards.
0: They're rich now. What do they care? Ah, uh, to own a live gold-plated lemur. A true luxury.
1: People are still not sure whether the animals are technically still alive. They move and behave like they did before, but they don't breathe or have blood.
0: Welcome to Bezos Park.
1: In a Richard Attenborough voice. Inspiring music plays.
0: The gold plating on animals creak as they slowly struggle to walk through the fram.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Gah ha ha. So they do move in herds.
2: Hey, 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 hey. <laughs>
1: What's wrong, Lionel?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea if that was a good idea or not, but uh...
1: i I think I did a great Stevie impression.
2: I'm pretty sure I nailed Avery. <laughs> you guys both I couldn't. it was uncanny. It was like I was looking in a I was looking in a mirror and li- listening you were I was looking listening, in the with I was listening in a mirror was in a mirror yeah, I was listening in a mirror oh, i'm I'm breathless and speechless. Not literally, I'm talking right now. You're breechless. I'm stealthy, breathless.
1: <laughs> I'm about to pass out.
2: Yeah, that was amazing. Uh, I have no idea that I've was... got the vapors. <laughs> Lord. Well, um, I, I, yeah. Even My after, dogs are barking. Do they want to join? Do they want to talk about Bezos Park?
1: Oh, they want to be gilded.
2: Ah, <laughs> Yeah. Popular option. Yeah, even reading, even after hearing that entire script read back to me, uh, I still don't really remember if I had anything to t- say about Bezos' part, <laughs> other than other than. Uh, now I'm curious if, if uh, I mean Jeff Bezos, one of the richest people in the world, is he the richest now? I think he might be the.
0: I think he's the richest. Isn't he like a trillionaire or something? I think he might be
1: a tr- trillionaire. Yeah, but a trillionaire isn't what it used to be though.
2: I think it is. <laughs> it's basically someone who has over a trillion dollars. Basically. <laughs> yeah. So
0: it's exactly what it used to be. But I, I know what you're saying, you know, <laughs>
2: inflation and everything, right? Right. I right.
0: mean he has more money, I think, than probably like several nations. Uh yeah. oh, there's
1: no doubt of that, yeah.
0: <laughs> Which means he could he could buy a nation. He could probably That's buy he Madagascar. Probably, he could probably buy Madagascar. You
2: know, it's, it's, it's kind of, uh, it's, it's no biggie to buy a private island if that's just some, you know, if it's some crappy little island in Fiji that you're going to turn into a cryptocurrency haven, that's no big deal. But like Madagascar, that's sizable. That's a big, big island. And it's full of, full of animals that are just waiting to be coated in gold as a way to advertise your wealth to tourists.
1: If you think about it, every organism is waiting to be coated in gold.
2: Yeah, and just only the rare few actually get there, I suppose. Like that one, that one character in Golden Eye. Did that happen? What, it wasn't just their eye. No, no, her entire body was painted in this gold paint, and so Bond walks into the hotel room and discovers this girl that he had been sleeping with that he met like the night before, and she's dead, and she's got this weird gold paint all over her body. And I, as a kid, I always assumed it means that they killed her by painting her and i guess like her pores suffocated or something like that but thinking back... yeah
1: that was that was that's always the room that was a like a, a rumor in the 80s i think i don't know how true it is i'm pretty sure it's not true that if you painted your entire body you would you would die somehow
2: i doubt it unless it's like uh some kind of extremely toxic paint but even then i feel like it wouldn't happen between going to you know Leaving the
0: hotel room and then coming back <laughs> like right. an hour later. Was paint still like super leady back then? Because uh, that would probably do. Yeah, it.
1: Well, it was gold in this case. <laughs> yeah. So maybe, Not yeah, true. maybe it was uh, a heavy metal poisoning.
2: Yeah,
0: gold is a heavy metal, isn't it?
2: But now they have like you know lemur friendly paints, so you can you can paint them and.
0: Well, so you've you've mentioned uh, dipping. Or not, not you've mentioned uh, uh coating them in gold, but now I'm picturing just like an enormous fondue thing and you just dip all the animals in chocolate.
1: Oh yeah. Uh are we are you are you trying to do a segue here? Is that what's happening?
0: I smell a segue. Oh, I didn't even notice the next chocolate.
2: <laughs> you know what? Let's just do let's just go with that because there's really nothing more here.
0: <laughs> That's literally just the, the route that my brain went on is ooh, if you could cold things in gold, you could coat them in chocolate. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You know what else you can coat in chocolate?
1: Uh, before we move on to that, I just searched Snopes for "dead dead from body painting." The, the, so they're not addressing the, uh, the the larger claim, but they are addressing the claim that the actress who was painted gold actually died, which apparently didn't happen. Who knew?
2: I mean, the movie is from what year is it? Isn't it nineteen sixty four?
1: According to Snopes dot com.
2: I mean, did she die when she was old, or or like because she was in a, a collision or something, or did it have to do with painting of her body? Uh,
1: the story, according to com, she made a few more films before retiring from acting to spend more time with her family, and then we don't know.
2: Okay, well, I mean, yeah, some people have uh, had breakfast and died, so definitely watch out for having breakfast. Yeah. I'm trying to do that thing where you, yeah. I would never, yeah, I would never know. eat
1: breakfast. It's, yeah, the
2: correlation is just too strong. It's, it's, it's not worth the risk. We just don't know.
1: <laughs> breakfast always wins in the end. Breakfast, not even once. <laughs> My topic is chocolate dipped fruit has such an enormous gulf between perceived effort and actual effort that as a gift giver or potluck attendee, you are all but obligated to take advantage. This is something that I did. Um, I think it was for Valentine's Day. I can't remember. Maybe there was no occasion, even for all I know. You you think about the, like a chocolate dipped strawberry as like an artisanal, handcrafted delicacy, but actually, what happens is you put chocolate chips in the microwave until they're liquid, and then you drag the strawberry through <laughs> it, and that's it. Like <laughs> you, wow. You put it on a surface to cool down, and then it's the artisanal delicacy.
2: Yeah, I had no idea. And in fact, I thought you were going to say the exact opposite, that it seems like as someone who is going to make such a treat for my guests, oh, it'll be easy. I just, you know, dip some some shit in, in some crap and then and it's fine. <laughs> but in, 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 re, in reality, you have to get the perfect ingredients or it has to be at the exact right temperature so that it has the right level of stickiness and viscosity.
1: Yeah, it may well be that I'm the only, only one who thought it was special.
0: <laughs> uh well, let me think I'm, here. I'm, 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 I'm with you, Jim. I, I thought it would be more complicated than that too, because I remember watching, uh, Food Network like forever ago, and they were like talking about like the science of chocolate and that sort of thing, and how, and like how like it's as it goes through its like phase changes and stuff like that. All these things change about it chemically, and you know it's got to have like the right like crystallization when it hardens and that sort of thing. So I kind of assumed that all that would maybe like t- actually have a role in the you know, utilization of chocolate in such an endeavor I as coating things with it.
1: Maybe if you want to do a good job. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's that's of course absurd. <laughs> uh, uh, I, but you now, I know I have some strawberries in the fridge, and now you've got me wondering if I have any chocolate chips anywhere around. Yeah, because is chocolate
2: coated fruit a thing that you guys both enjoy? eating I mean, or I, mainly eating.
1: I mean, yeah, it,
0: it, it's not <laughs> What else would I yeah, do that's with it? Yeah. It's a good point. <laughs> it's fun to look at. It is. Like, it's fun to look there at. Good, Go. A good chocolate-covered something. It's it's a, it's a, it's an attractive morsel.
2: Yeah, chocolate-covered strawberries does look pretty cool. I I guess that for me, uh, I've always been a little grossed out of mixing fruit with other things and putting chocolate on things that aren't like also a dessert. Because I don't really see fruit as a dessert.
0: Really? Oh, I, I love, I, I think, I definitely think of, well, not all fruits, but, like, a lot of fruits I think of as dessert. Like, I will eat them after my meal because I want something sweet and delicious. Yeah. I guess it's nature nature's candy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I don't think of, like, a chocolate dipped strawberry as being, like, alchemy in the sense of it's more than the sum of its parts. It tastes like chocolate and it tastes like a strawberry and both those things are delicious. <laughs> yeah. For reference, like if you're going to be making me a tr- pastry, I guess, um, uh, I think like vanilla pudding uh, really exalts a lot of pastries. Like I, I like vanilla pudding yeah. by itself is fine and like a croissant is <laughs> fine, but if you put vanilla pudding in a croissant, I'm over the moon for this shit. <laughs>
2: But the thing is that that's on a that's on an already like a like a like a bready man made product yes, uh which for some reason feels very different to me from a fruit which is has a natural well, chunkiness to it, a very different texture, you know it's very very uh wet also whereas uh whereas uh, pastries are are dry more more dry
0: well, what do you think about like pastries with like fruit fillings and stuff like that is that is that also generally don't like it if it's a if it's like something that's flavored from a fruit i
2: sometimes will be okay with that uh this, i totally acknowledge by the way that this is i don't see this as right or wrong at all it's just i'm picky about dessert type things uh i just mostly don't like them but um yeah i don't really like fruit filling i don't like i don't really like cake anyway but it's like you know cake with like fruits in it and stuff like that if i let la- if i want a dessert like a like a, a you know a real treat after after dinner it's something that's almost you know y- uniform or unibody like a like a creme brulee <laughs> or uh a a fudge uh brownie with no no nuts in it and stuff like that
0: like a singular like a cube yeah like a, like a solid cube of something yeah, just a cube of 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 a mass of of dessert object exactly cube, like okay cube brulee Now i'm trying to think of how i relate to that like I think I might be the opposite. I for mo- I feel like for most of my foodstuffs, I, pref- I, I enjoy when there's a lot of things going on. <laughs> 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 Whenever I make a salad, I put as many things as I possibly can in it. What about you, listener? What do you prefer? Mixing fruit and chocolate and vanilla?
2: Get a maximal mixed experience? Just
1: shout out your answer and the people who are around you will hear it.
2: Call us now. Our phones are live. Get on the air.
0: <laughs> we should we i uh, we should just leave like a a silence uh like Dora the explorer.
1: I like that too. <laughs>
0: That's right. <laughs> Does topic lords have any merch?
1: Uh no. I keep th- uh, like at one point I threatened to make a a a, a Patreon tier a Patreon tier <laughs> where I would mail you a cassette tape of each episode.
0: That sounds like so much work. And that was
1: why I didn't do it. Was
2: <laughs> Jim, Jim, It's gonna be. It's gonna be like somebody has a stack of New Yorkers. Like oh, I'll never read all these. And they have a. They have a stack of Topic Lords cassettes. Like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, when am I gonna get clear out this backlog and listen to all these cassettes?
1: Yeah, I mean,
2: <laughs> piling up in the
0: corner of the of the room. I kind of
1: shot myself in the foot with the terrible logo. Like nobody's gonna want to buy that logo on a shirt.
0: You can change the logo. Oh yeah. Like I'm pretty sure you don't have to make a decision that lasts forever uh hmm. when it comes to that sort of thing.
2: Oh, I thought
1: I, I thought I was locked in.
0: Yeah, I was I thought that was a part I mean, of the contract. I well, mean, I I'm just assuming. I don't have any podcasts.
1: Yeah, that's I mean, that's fair. I, I don't know if I I trust your opinion now.
0: Yeah, I have I have no experience uh, to draw from. I'm just uh, making things up as I go, as with everything that I do. As
1: the only person on this show who's been on several hundred podcasts, uh, I think my logo opinions are definitely the most important in the room.
2: Gotcha. I haven't said my opinion yet, so...
1: Well... <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, how, Stevie, how many podcasts do you have?
1: <laughs> I was going to say, as the only person here who owns a house... I think your opinion might count too.
2: <laughs> the real test is you're going to uh, come back to Hype o'clock and put up the actual tapestry or banner or wh- whatever the topic lord's thing oh, is. Oh yeah,
0: you could just sell the sell the banner.
2: <laughs> yeah, and and then and then wait a month and then see if it's still there next time or if you see me frantically if you see me frantically putting it up on the wall again every time I see you about to approach the door <laughs> so that you don't know <laughs> that I actually hate it.
1: Yeah. You know, Bandcamp um, supports uh, selling – pressing vinyl. Yeah. I should put out some Topic Lords episodes on vinyl.
2: Would they – how many discs would you need for one episode?
1: Uh, I seem to remember that uh, a side of a 33 RPM record is, what, 22 minutes, something like that? Mm -hmm. So each episode is like an hour, an hour 10. So you could do it on – you could definitely do it on two – it would be a double album. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You get a you can hire a new artist or designer for the the cover of each episode. Yeah, something really bespoke and unique. Yeah, yeah. I don't know any artists though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tariq, Let us know if you know any. Artists. Yeah, that sounds that sounds true. <laughs> Before we shuffle off, this, not this mortal coil. <laughs> That's where, was where my
1: my meant too. Like what? what?
2: Yeah. Before we shuffle off of the topic of uh, from the topic of chocolate, I I was when when you described the process of melting chocolate, I just wanted to say that I recently learned about Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. That, why they made that movie? It was actually a Quaker Oats project because Quaker Oats. I think this is true. Uh, the Quaker Oats. I haven't verified it. Quaker Oats was wanted to get into the candy business, and they were going to unveil and launch their first chocolate bar and in order to promote it and build up hype for the chocolate bar they're going to make a whole fucking movie and then they did and the movie was awesome because of a lot of like random ways in which they got lucky and because of Jim, gene wilder and then the movie came out and it was a big hit and then they were about to release the chocolate bar and then they realized that when it's at room temperature, it melts, and they had to recall all of them, and they never released the chocolate part. <laughs> so instead, the world just got Willy
0: Wonka in the chocolate factory. Huh. They, couldn't,
1: they couldn't just fix the chocolate. Apparently, this is the, the chocolate science you were talking about.
0: Yeah, I think this is the chocolate science. This is probably where it comes into play.
2: Yeah, they couldn't change the viscosity of a chocolate bar any more than you can change a Topic Lords logo.
1: These fools thought you could just put (laughs) chocolate chips in the microwave and make chocolate-dipped confections.
0: (laughs) They think it's so easy.
1: Well, yeah, so it may be like the trick was that I I kept them in the fridge.
0: Well, I mean, I also kind of wonder if you're melting uh, chocolate chips – that might already be like a type of chocolate that is meant to be stable at room temperature, like solid at room temperature, right. and so then
1: and, and go and in fact survive at a variety of temperatures because they have to, sometimes they go in cookies and they get baked.
0: Right. Yep. Yeah. So so I think that exactly. that might might be it where it's like you're using a a type of chocolate that tries to be solid at room temperature, and these 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 jokers were just. How do you do that? How do you make? How do you even get that far in the process without realizing that? That's baffling to me. Yeah, you know that's uh, I don't know. I was gonna sum it up in
2: one word, and then I <laughs> didn't come up with a word, so I decided not to sum it up. Spaghettios. There's a, there's a word. I don't know. <laughs> oh, that actually sounds really good. Is that a
1: proper noun?
2: Is is Spaghettios a proper noun? <laughs> yes. Yeah, because it's a because it's, it's a brand because it's the name name of a product.
1: You're right. I'm really hoping it's like a back formation from some verb I've never heard of.
2: <laughs> I was really hoping you were about to ask if a Spaghettios is proper because Spaghettios is the name of like the can of food that you get, and it's like go to the store and pick me up a Spaghettios.
1: Yeah, I just want. And
2: that would actually just be perfect me grammar. one Spaghettio. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like if you instead of like i'm not hungry enough for a whole bowl of macaroni i just want one macaronis or one raviolis
0: please right well fun fact uh spaghetti is is actually what happens to people who get sucked through black holes oh that's where it comes you get from sp- <laughs> yeah you and get then, spaghetti and then and sp- it ends <laughs>
1: up on the grocery store shelf
2: yeah <laughs> right
1: I'm, I'm trying to remember the the name of the like Hawking radiation is how we get the we actually get the spaghettios out of the black holes and into the cans.
0: <laughs> well I was just going to say every 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 black hole is actually just a wormhole that leads to a spaghettios factory. Uh and so if you if you actually go into a spaghettios factory, it's just a bunch of all the all the all the matter that has been sucked into the black holes from all around the universe just uh, materializing at the other end of the weird, uh, other uh, end of the wormhole, as SpaghettiO. Oh, that's much simpler. Yeah,
2: it, I w- when you described getting sucked into a black hole, I was imagining that if spaghettification is what happens when you get sucked into a black hole, maybe Spaghettiification is what happens when you get sucked into some kind of imaginary black torus-shaped yeah, black hole, toroidal black, black, black hole. Yeah, good. <laughs> yeah, and then it stretches you outward from the centroid of it into a SpaghettiO shape. Yeah. And then you enter it, and then you get pooped out of the white hole into a Spaghetti factory.
1: Yeah, that was a planet in Outer Wilds.
2: Yes, and that's all I can think about right now, because it's one of my favorite games of all time. <laughs> no spoilers, I still haven't played it. Yeah, oh, I'm yeah, sorry yeah, I no, spoiled no the stuff. Spaghetti-O planet. You
0: know, even though Stevie <laughs> keeps keeps telling me to. That's what
2: I want to plug. Can we, can we start this episode over? I actually want to plug Outer <laughs> Wilds.
1: You can just plug it right now.
2: Great fucking game. Great game. Play it. It's so good. And I don't think you have to download the Epic Store or whatever anymore to play it, which is good.
1: <laughs> yeah, I like it
2: too.
0: I don't think it's on Switch yet. I keep waiting for it to be on Switch. There's some new a, like not... DLC
2: episode thing that I haven't tried yet. Apparently it's good. Echoes of the Eye. Or maybe Echo.
1: I, I said that in your voice. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make fun of you.
2: <laughs> I know. I was really confused. <laughs> I thought I, I thought I was talking without moving my mouth for a second. I was like, what? What am I saying? I'm
1: listening to this mirror and my lips aren't moving. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Intermission. You move on. Yeah. Intermission. Uh,
1: yes. Let's. Oh, oh, do you want to take a break? Is that what's happening?
2: Uh, no. I was thinking intermission like in a movie where they play music, except instead of a music, it's actually. You know, this is nothing
0: like an intermission. It's, Look,
1: it's instead of a instead of music, it's the sound of somebody peeing.
2: <laughs> it could be kind of calming.
0: It sounds awful. <laughs> it's just
1: it's there to to remind you that you can, that's when you're supposed to go to the bathroom.
2: I was going to describe it as a palate cleanser, but I'm going <laughs> to since that offers. Uh, <laughs>
1: Oh, I hear somebody making dinner.
0: Oh. I hear that, too. Okay, there, there it is. Sorry. Eric is uh, out and about at a busy restaurant right now.
1: Hopefully, he gets a share of the tips.
0: Get that restaurant white noise. It's just people going... Clink,
1: clink, clink.
2: forks being put down on top of other forks.
1: <laughs> Gosh, this must have been like in 1990 or something like that. I went to the Universal Studios uh, Murder, She Wrote exhibit. Ooh. Cool. I mean,
2: <laughs> not really cool, but nostalgic, maybe.
1: <laughs> and one of the one of the components of the exhibit, in fact, maybe the only one, was uh, that you would get to, as a crowd, do foley work for a scene of the show. So what? there was this just this room mic that recorded everybody at once, and you were supposed to do like the crowd noises. And they had somebody instructing you on like, and and doing like a conductor style work of like, so here's the trick. You say, everybody says walla walla walla, and that's how you make crowd noises. Uh, and then when, when they raise their (laughs) hand, you say it louder. Uh, and after, you know, you, you record Foley for the scene, you go, it plays it back with your crowd noises overdubbed over the, uh, the the Jessica's conversation. And of course, there's this super exaggerated, like, rise and fall of the crowd noise volumes uh because that's what that's what they conducted you to do because it was enter- more more entertaining that way.
0: <laughs> the, Could you tell the, that everyone was cute. just saying walla walla walla. Oh yes,
1: very clearly <laughs> very clearly. It was not a, a convincing crowd noise. I mean
0: that that doesn't sound like a good uh, uh, watermelon,
1: like... watermelon, watermelon.
0: Oh, that's good. Yeah, too, uh... you need more, more like like sound shapes than that. Those are all very yeah. round shapes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to pick from yeah, like rotate. Got to get from some
2: plosives pool of pool of in there. Five different words or something like that. Yeah, some plosives. Everybody,
1: just scream e at the top of your lungs. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So realistic. You're all extras now. <laughs> Everybody should just say do lorem ipsum. <laughs> oh yeah,
1: we gave you each uh, a yeah. proc gen lorem ipsum fake latin <laughs> text to read.
2: Everybody recite this uh satanic ritual or some kind of a hymn. Just uh don't don't ask what it is. It's just realistic sounding.
1: Oh yeah, you're not we're not using you as a part of a summoning ritual at all. <laughs>
2: I can't believe you were there uh, before the infamous uh, incident with the uh, animatronics. Angela Lansbury attacking the audience.
1: Oh, that was part of the show. You <laughs> you you picked somebody to die, and and Angela Lansbury attacked them, and then solved their murder. As you, you, we also had to pick somebody
2: to pin it on. Ah, uh, yeah. Wait, I'm 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 mixing up what's real and what's not real because I was definitely lying. Is this was this real? <laughs> <laughs>
1: there was no i'm making shit up and so are you okay damn it
0: okay
2: <laughs> I, I i did that thing i did that thing where i like texted my family something and it was a joke and my sister one of my sisters like didn't realize at first it was a joke and then i was like you know it's it's funny how sensitive sarcasm is and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't work <laughs> i feel like i shot myself in the foot there
0: oh speaking of shooting yourself in the foot
1: it's a fine line it's a fine line between true and
0: false. I thought you were going to say it's a fine line between foot and floor. That's
2: a much finer line, yeah. Especially if you're not wearing shoes, it's like immeasurably like small.
0: Are
1: we ready for another topic? Have we read this yeah. poem yet? No. Like no I'm completely lost right now.
0: This is yeah. This is this is a weird. Weird episode. It's a very very
1: chaotic <laughs> episode. Uh, who wants to read this poem aloud?
2: It
0: started before we started. Uh, I can read it. Cool. Sir, you picked it and you have a nice reading voice and... I like reading things.
1: Yeah. Oh, oh, I should say the name of the poem because usually that I'm the one who does that. We're reading Strong Men Riding Horses by Gwendolyn
0: Brooks. Lester after the Western. Strong men riding horses. In the West, on a range 500 miles, a thousand. Reaching from dawn to sunset, rested blue to orange, from hope to crying except that strong men are desert-eyed, except that strong men are pasted to stars already, have their cars beneath them, rentless too, too broad of chest to shrink when the rough man hails, too flailing to redirect the challenger when the challenge nicks, slams, buttonholes, too saddled, I am not like that, I pay rent, am addled by illegible landlords, run, if robbers call, what mannerisms I present, employ, are camouflage, and what my mouth's remark to word wall off that broadness of the dark is pitiful. I am not brave
1: at all. Uh, It's not clear to me how much this person is actually venerating Western characters, like characters in movies, and wanting to be them.
0: Yeah, I don't think that's what it is. Like, okay, I was busy reading it without understanding it, so let me read it again in my head. Sure, yeah. (laughs) For understanding (laughs) Yeah, it seems kind of like maybe a sort of a commentary on masculinity or something.
1: I was wondering that. Well, it, it's just not clear either way. Like, it could be that if this were written – so, this was from 1959. If this were written five years ago, I would definitely think it was a commentary on masculinity. Mm. Uh, I'm, but uh, 60 years ago, much less clear.
0: Mm. I mean, I think um, – we were, I, We were kind of mentioning this before we started started recording, but uh, of note is that the author is a black woman, and I think that also kind of has to color the the meaning of it to some degree um yeah, and I don't think that would be you know the necessarily the source of praise for uh patriarchy that that one would uh yeah, that's fair yeah. would want to draw from 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 this you know
1: <laughs> even in nineteen fifty nine
0: even in 1959 yeah maybe especially in 1959 <laughs> <laughs> well this is at a one thing that comes to mind is that this is at a time
2: where when the western style genre of the movie was, was extremely popular mm. and it makes me think of uh, so after the western i assume i am not good at interpreting poems i'm just going to say something that might make me sound like a total idiot but it it almost sounds like somebody who's an actor who was like acting in a western and then like Looked at himself afterward and was like, "That's totally mm. fake. Cause this is not what a real cowboy oh, is like."
0: Yeah, I I could see that Lester after the Western. So it's yeah. like <laughs> maybe this is from the point of view of Lester. <laughs> what mannerisms uh, I present
2: employ are camouflage. I'm not brave at all. Yeah, so the voice of here, which I I kind of think is not the voice of the actual author. Right? It's the right. character um, is describing like this ca- classic um, romantic vision of of cowboys str- just calling them strong men i really like the phrase have their cars beneath them too which i realized that she'd already written the word horses earlier but i thought that that was like maybe a like a funny way of describing a horse like their, their horse is their car instead of having like a nice you know fancy car or whatever they just have a horse right
0: right i like i like rentless too yeah, yeah. And then later but, it's like, I pay rent. <laughs> I am addled by landlords. Yeah. There you go. Maybe
2: it's, maybe it's, yeah, it's almost like I'm not like rugged, right? I, I have this comfy or maybe not comfy, but I, you know, I, I, or maybe it's not, I, I can pay rent. It's maybe it's more like I am beholden to rents rather than being free out in the country.
0: Mm. Makes me think that the, the, the picture being painted of the, of the cowboy isn't it like, it's not a very flattering image to me. Um, but that might just be me as someone who doesn't really value the sorts of like uh unflinching masculinity as as traits there's a line there's a line here that says except the
2: strong men are desert eyed except the strong men are pasted to the stars already. I can't tell if that's a compliment or not that De- what is, right. is desert eye good or is that like
1: is, is being pasted to the stars good
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah, like like pasted to the stars. does that mean you're outside a lot or does that mean that like you're already dead (laughs) like oh yeah uh, and and also like like later on it's like too flailing to redirect the challenger when the challenge nick slams buttonholes that means like uh, to me i'm I'm reading that as like unable to turn down a challenge and i'm like "Mm, sometimes you should turn it down a challenge sometimes like you don't need to meet everything head-on sometimes you can like, like says two saddle, like, like the 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 use of two as a descriptor. Yeah, you never really want to be two anything. You want to be just enough. <laughs> uh, I was looking up the phrase "rested blue
2: to orange" to see if that's maybe some uh, antiquated colloquialism or 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 from some kind of adage or cliche that I'd never heard of before. I can't figure out "rested blue to orange" what that might mean.
0: I think that's just like the sun. Like the 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 colors of the sky as the day goes oh, through. Oh, there you go. Yeah, because
2: the sky is blue, and then orange is where the sun is setting.
0: Yeah, or I guess it turns from blue.
2: Yeah, turns from blue to orange as this, as you go from midday to to dusk.
0: Yeah,
2: it's really cool. I have no answers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I feel like I I don't know. I also kind of strongly relate to the last part of this uh, of this poem. I'm not having to pay rent. Well, no, just like the I. Don't know if I've ever really like verbalized this out loud to other people, but I don't think of myself as a very like brave or courageous person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I think of myself as kind of a coward. And so like when it got to that part, it's like, yeah, I'm not I'm not like that. I if if someone wanted to rob rob me, I would run <laughs> or give them what they wanted, you know. It's like I do what I can to go through life with the fewest like the, as as little confrontation as i can uh yeah and you know yeah, that's
2: risk aversion is a lifesaver i mean the example you gave <laughs> or it can be a lifesaver
0: well yeah but it, but it can also like you know uh keep you from taking advantage of opportunities that present themselves you know if you're if you're too risk averse and that sort of thing so i don't know i like this poem <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> are we ready for another topic yeah, that was uh,
0: I want. I, I keep wanting to say intermission,
2: but it's like this is like the elbow of the topics. We got the forearm, and now we're onto the. It's the part where you piss. Yeah, it's the, that's the part why where... you heard all that uh, peeing sound in the background. Right, it wasn't me. It was just part of the part of the package.
1: Stevie, your topic is the creators of Earthworm Jim.
2: Where are they now? Oh boy, yeah, th- uh, this is going to be a little interesting. I I, I tried describing something I would learned recently to Avery... Agri- uh, and realized that I did a really terrible job doing it, so I'll, I'll try to make this um, concise and painless.
1: Yeah, so so Earthworm Jim is a Super Nintendo game. I guess it was for the Genesis as well,
2: right? It, it is, and then, and then they had they actually differed a little bit. One of them had, a, I think, the Genesis had an extra level uh, with its own original music and stuff that wasn't in the Super Nintendo. Version. Right. They had like
1: this is like in the vein of the 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 edgy 90s protagonist in this case it's a <laughs> uh angry muscular earthworm that shoots lasers
2: well i wouldn't describe it like that he was kind of he's a goofball earthworm who's who's normal earthworm and then a like a a super technology suit kind of like the metroid samus's power suit or whatever falls down from space and he he wriggles into it and somehow turns into or is able to like control it and so he looks like this super muscular, uh, muscular dude with an earthworm head and like this uh plasma gun or whatever. Does it not make him angry? It doesn't it doesn't make him angry, no, it no. doesn't make him angry. Okay. He's and his and his voiceovers are kind of indicative of that. They're just feel like, Whoa, groovy. He says groovy, like he can't be angry. Um <laughs> And there's a whole cast of ridiculous characters, and uh, the, the character design is great. And uh, Derek, you wrote a really great blog post years ago, if I remember, that that was describing how it was really first and foremost all, all about the animation character design, and the gameplay was like really totally second to that. Yeah, uh, which is which is totally true. It 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 wasn't a great game. Definitely an animation
1: first game.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you've never seen the 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 character design or anything like that, I, I doubt. There's a whole lot of people who are listening to this podcast that haven't, but uh, super cool looking. Anyway, um, this is all just uh, to say that for some reason, Earthworm Jim crossed my mind a few days ago, and I I was late at night, just getting sucked into a, I was getting spaghettiified into a, a Wikipedia black hole Taurus, and reading about the uh, some of the characters behind this who made it, and uh, so there's the, one person who owned shiny entertainment which was the i think the developer that was eventually bought by some larger developer who i don't remember right now they had some sort of strict no sequels policy i guess after the i think after the the the, the second Earthworm from jim game was made they're like okay any any pr- properties we make now from now on out we're not going to do any sequels And it was some 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 kind of integrity thing as far as i can understand um but then the parent company ended up making sequels that were so bad and poorly received including like a terrible 3d port that the creator and the, the and the artists like completely distance themselves and like we don't want anything to do with earthworm jim anymore this is not really what i want to talk about uh one one thing that was kind of interesting uh, uh i don't want to make this about uh, uh politics but one thing that was a little bit surprising was the main artist who designed earthworm jim and all of the characters and also did all the voiceovers in the video game it's the same person yeah same person wow um yeah. He he got himself into a little bit of trouble online. Uh he he's uh said some homophobic things on Twitter. He said some transphobic things on Twitter. Very unapologetic about it and uh it kind of uh has doubled down on it and has claimed that there's like some kind of culture war against uh against Christians and saying that the word homophobe is like a something that was that's just made up in order to like attack people who have family values and kind of crazy stuff like that. Um, and apparently it was personal friends with Steve Bannon. Fun. And this <laughs> okay. is, this just reminded, this kind of reminded me and I was telling everybody about this and it kind of reminded of us of like the, the Dilbert thing where like this guy who makes this kind of whatever quirky little Sunday morning comic and <laughs> this like these kind of uh, strong extreme views and go, you know, and, and public publicizes them. Uh, kind of, it, It's one of those things where it's like, I don't really like to know a whole lot about the people who make art that I like. And you know <laughs> if I end up having a different opinion for them whatever it's one thing but it's like at some point it does kind of begin to taint it a little bit this is not actually the thing I wanted to talk about though Oh wow okay <laughs> Yeah in fact I didn't want to talk too much about that too just cuz you know it's it, we're not we're not here for we're not here for 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 uh, political talk we're here for for topics. Here, topics we're here for topics um so the topic is actually this is sort of a live a title, that the topic is a uh, is more Tommy Tallarico, who is. Oh, a somehow I knew
1: this was going to go back to the Intellivision.
2: Yes. Uh, so Tommy Tallarico is a name that I remember because I was, you know, I've always been into the music of some of the games that I played. And, uh, you know, I was young. It was my dream to be like a video game composer or whatever. Tommy Tallarico was one of the few, like, names that I ever learned about. Yeah. One was like jo- George the Fat Man Sanger, people who had, like, personalities and, and, like, were successful with, uh, uh, um, like you know, video game music and stuff like that. So Tommy Tallarico uh, is became a little more widely known too after after his soundtrack because he started Video Games Live, which I think about twenty years ago was is this series of live concerts played by symphony orchestras replaying uh, music from beloved video games of the past. And I think like they started off with I want to say Final Fantasy VII. Uh, it was really successful, and I think they're still going. Um, but I was confused because I found that he had some role in a company called Intellivision Entertainment. And this, so I'm not old enough to have played Intellivision. I do know about it. Um, but in my mind, when I saw this, I assumed that Intellivision was a company that is still around. It's not true. Intellivision was a home console, video game console, that was kind of trying to ride the bandwagon after Atari was really successful, but it's made by Mattel, which is a toy company and their timing was really bad i think it was like 1979 or whatever it was, it, was, it was like right about when video games all collapsed so it was very bad timing for them so there and there is no television company as far as i know this Intellivision entertainment is a company that tommy tallarico started and became ceo and president of just a few years ago 2018 i think and so i was kind of interested because he's a musician and an entrepreneur he started this like video game concert thing he started a company i i like that stuff it's kind of cool but this Intellivision uh entertainment is just he bought he bought the rights to the brand in television i i guess from mattel unless it had been thrown around uh i don't know if it's been in use since then since the 70s but they have one product that does not yet exist and that they've been working on and it's called the intellivision amico amico if you look up a picture of it um it's i don't know it's kind of cheapo looking it kind of looks like like wally but a roomba but also kind of one of those like. 90s uh, wireless phone cradles that you like put your phones into as two controllers and they're just like they kind of look like those thermostats you put on the on the side of a like, a like a smart home or something like that they've got a crappy little touch screen and a wheel or like an old ipod the weird thing about this thing is that they've just they have been delayed like over and over and over again i've never even heard of this thing but apparently there's a whole bunch of drama where they previewed it at e3 several years in a row and one of them uh pe- videos of people or like pictures of people playing it and enjoying themselves were just actually Photoshop like stock images and people got a hold of the dev kits and were like this is just a three skin cheap Android phone. <laughs> right. Aren't
1: they all? I mean that's that, that's if they're being smart. If they're not they're making custom shit and failing.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well actually speaking of making custom shit, they're like because of supply chain issues, they apparently are going to hand build the dev kits in California, which how I'm not sure how that would end up being either cheaper or more possible. I'm not entirely. They're sure, going to hand
1: solder the CPUs too.
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess so. I mean, I bet you could hand solder a CPU powerful enough to play Earthworm Jim Four. Which oh, so that's the that was the big hook. They have a flagship like new original title for it, which is Earthworm Jim Four. They're bringing back the Earthworm Jim brand just for this, and the rest of them are all apparently games that you can already get for free on the web and are, are not particularly spectacular. I don't want to have too much schadenfreude about this, especially because, you know, like I said, I, I admire people who are, have an entrepreneurial spirit, but I'm also concerned that this might be some weird tax haven thing or. Yeah. <laughs> I, I? I, I don't really know. And, uh. I
1: can't stress enough how important the value of brands are, like how effective brands are at brainwashing us into thinking something is good or a good idea.
2: Or legitimate.
1: Or legitimate. Do you remember Blockbuster Video? Absolutely. Do you remember like all the good times we had at Blockbuster Video and renting videos from Blockbuster Video?
2: (laughs) (laughs) When you say it like that, yeah. (laughs) But you know what? Yeah.
1: I was just at – and you know how Blockbuster Video doesn't exist anymore and that's very sad. You can't go rent videos from anywhere. I was just in the local Alameda County Library. And there were more movies in there than there were in <laughs> Blockbuster and they're, they're all free. For, and they're for free and you keep them for a month instead of two days. But nobody gives a shit because libraries don't have branding or advertising.
0: That's a problem that it's all. By branding libraries?
2: <laughs> yes. yes, perfect. Great. So by buying the rights to the name Blockbuster Video and legal and changing the name of every public library in the in the country to Blockbuster
0: Video. <laughs> sounds like a perfect solution to a problem that everybody wants solved urgently. <laughs>
2: That's a great observation
0: Jim.
1: <laughs> about brands?
2: <laughs> yeah. 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 They're, they're effective. <laughs>
1: yeah they are. And like especially brands that like call back to your childhood and like that you haven't seen since then.
0: Yeah. It's a little disconcerting how well these things work on people. <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah, no no wonder the world is going so great right now. <laughs> a lot of information was just uh, dispersed, but I was just going to say on the subject of Earthworm Jim as a character and does it Was there ever an Earthworm Jim cartoon? Yes, yes there was and there it was, was the main, main character was voiced by Dan Castellaneta,
2: who is the voice of Homer Simpson too.
0: Oh wow. Yeah, cuz cuz Earthworm Jim occupies the same Space in my mind as the tick oh sure it's,
2: a, it's a spiritual spiritually very similar yeah
0: yeah just like like these sort of weird quirky irreverent superhero cartoon characters that yeah. that are weirdly buff but also <laughs> creatures that should not be buff
1: <laughs> yeah and this is this is actually the this is actually the pattern that I was trying to think of when I said it, it was he was angry what I actually meant mm. was that he's a cool animal <laughs>
2: Yeah, I get those two
0: mixed up all the time. You know? <laughs> yeah, just But like, yeah, the 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 I guess there's just like a kind of like how, you know, like character platformers were a thing for a long time. I feel like this is sort of like the cartoon version of that where it's just like character, you know, cartoon characters. But I'll, every cartoon character is a cartoon character. But but like it feels kind of the same sort of thing where it's <laughs> like there's this like just very broad overarching quote unquote genre of like buff animal superhero type characters that shouldn't be buff and are like, like in the same way that, um, uh, uh, music band with, with, uh, animal companion solves mystery or whatever is, is a quote unquote genre right. that existed for a little bit of time. Right. You know? Wait, uh,
2: oh yeah. Well, it I wouldn't use the word genre to describe one popular thing and... Well, are we were, were there like t- two extremely successful things that fall into that category or is it one successful memorable thing and a bunch of things that are like, hey, if you want to you want the kids to buy your shit, you got to have a cartoon with like a like a, yeah. a dog and a, a dog and a stoner and a and a band and
0: a ghost. That's why I put quotes around the or around the, the the term genre because I yeah. I agree. I don't think they're necessarily like full-fledged genres in own of their own right, but it's just kind of like yeah. a weird trend that existed for, for a period of time.
2: Specifically with Earthworm Jim and The Tick, uh, I think it kind of makes sense to me because this was at a time where there was where uh, comic books were getting dark and gritty, you know, mm. ultra serious, and then they brought that to Saturday Morning Cartoons, which is kind of interesting because the comic books themselves were super adult, but the the cartoons they, they put on TV were safe for kids. There's there's definitely, I only, the only one I really knew, knew about and liked was the uh, Batman animated series, which I love, but there's also like gargoyles and there's some other stuff like that too. Like, Eventually, Gargoyles. I never,
0: I don't remember much about gargoyles,
2: but the tick and earth from Jim to some extent, I, uh, I think I assume were parodies of that stuff. Mm, yeah. They're also kind of parodies of, of just like, comic book superhero stuff in general were in the same way that the Venture Brothers is where you have a uh, super villains with some completely ridiculous gimmick and name right. that matches the gimmick. And, um, earthworm Jim, the game was kind of like that from the start, actually uh, queen slug for a butt or whatever.
0: Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of curious. Um, I'm like, I never really understood like how the earthworm Jim cartoon came about. Like, was the game made, like was the game just that popular that, the, was that they was they game like,
2: made <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, like I'm just thinking, like was the game just that popular that they decided to make a cartoon out of it, or like was that kind of always in the cards mm. of like it being that era when these things when like this these were the kinds of cartoons that were that we're on. Yeah. I don't know if it was in the, I don't know if it was an intention from the beginning, but I guess you could say that if you
2: make a video game where the primary focus is not the video game gameplay, but is the character design and the animation of the voiceovers, you know, it follows that you might pitch it as a, as like a, a TV show. Right. Maybe that's what the creator wanted to begin with. I'm not sure.
0: Yeah.
1: And that's all the time we have for topic Lords. Tyreek. if this is something that you want, where can people find you on the internet?
0: You can find me at four bit friday. That's me. Wait, sorry, I fucked up. I forgot what was happening. <laughs> it's, I'm Four Bit Friday.
1: <laughs> no, you said it right. It's four bit four bit Friday.
0: Yeah, I feel like I usually add more stuff than that.
1: Yeah, you usually spend like forty-five seconds explaining how to spell it.
0: <laughs> You'll figure
2: it out. You spell four, like the like spelled out with letters, but instead of yeah. an R, it's the number four?
0: No. <laughs>
2: and then the one in the I in bit is actually made out of smaller bits. I mean, technically true. I think I don't. Yeah. You just need to to, t- to email Tyreek. You just need to hold down the alt key and then tap in this order. One, six, seven, and then let go of the alt key
0: and then hit space.
2: I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. I
0: don't know what that's going to do, but I'm not doing it.
2: One, six,
1: seven. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what that look, oh. symbol is. I don't know all my uh, Greek letters.
0: Oh, I can't do that on this keyboard, because this keyboard doesn't have a numpad.
1: Uh, and Stevie, <laughs> if this is something that you want, <laughs> where can people find you on the internet?
2: Oh, I'm so happy that you pre- you uh, prefaced it like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can find me at my house. Uh, you can knock at my door. Um, come at 9 o'clock. You can go to my my website if you want to know anything about me. I have, like, one page on there. H-R-Y-X dot net. dot net. Or get a hold of me through some other means by contacting Jim or (laughs) Tyreek. Yeah. I guess that'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much for being on. Thank you
0: for hosting, Jim. Always a pleasure.
1: Hi, this is Jim. This is the audio I append to every episode of Topic Lords. Congratulations to our newly anointed Lords. This episode was edited by Esper Quinn, who can also edit your episode if you contact them on Twitter. If you'd like more people to hear the show, you can tell your friends about it or rate and review us on whatever podcast service you use. You can add content to the Topic Bucket by emailing topicbucket at topiclords.com and you can contribute to our Patreon at patreon.com slash topiclords. Patrons get episodes a week early and you get access to the Topic Lords Discord where you can discuss topics with all the lords that hang out in there. See you next episode!